0: So, good evening, everybody. <coughs> How was your meditation? Good. I could go for a bed right now, anybody else? <laughs> Am I alone in that <laughs> sentiment? So this is the last class of our series, this is five of five. Um, I will be continuing in the spring with another class, so if you would like to continue practicing with a group, it's a really nice kind of point to have in your schedule. I always find it very kind of anchoring too. It's great for me that I get to teach these so I get to actually also like, make money while sitting here doing this too. But, um, but this feeling of really having this time and this space to sit um, throughout the week I really like this, the term anchoring. I feel like it anchors my mind. It gives me this point in the week that I know I can come back to. I can rest. I can be quiet with whatever's going on in my life. And I think I'm probably not alone in that and the necessity, especially in the busyness of the world we live in. I was just away for three days in Vermont. I was, uh, rented a cabin with some friends, and had a really beautiful time up there and spent a lot of time in nature just walking around, being in the freshly fallen snow and seeing all the different animal prints around and the mountains in the distance. This really kind of beautiful Place and this really nice, um, you know, connection back to nature. This real deep feeling of being present. And this feeling of um, being connected to the elements. Like this. And I've noticed that since coming back, um, that the speed of life at which we live, um, it's so much different than the natural pace of things. Um, so I was really I spent. You know, just hours, eight hours outside. I mean, it was cold. It was one day, I think it was negative ten, so I was not outside that much on that day. But, um, but just watching kind of the sunrise in the morning, and there's a fire pit outside, It's so really, you know, took time to build this fire, and that's this whole process of gathering little sticks and the little, little sticks, and then slowly building up this fire and having it going. Um... You know, and watching the sun move across the sky slowly throughout the day. And, and again, this whole process of going out into the forest and seeing these animal tracks. And really, um, you know, being fully present with, with the tempo of nature. The, the normal tempo of nature. Especially in the wintertime, where a lot of things seem to be moving slower. A lot of things actually went to sleep. So on this property, there's usually black bears all over the place. But they're hibernating in the winter. And to kind of come back from that, from this really kind of pristine, pure, beautiful place, to kind of slowly start making the way down through New Hampshire and slowly into Massachusetts and kind of moving back in and and returning to also my daily life. Um, And really seeing just the speed that people are moving at, also the speed their minds are moving at. And this, of course, has something to do with, you know, the iPhones and you know, that even when we do kind of have some time to maybe just be here, we're often, oh, like, okay, I have a minute. This is a good time to talk to this person or text that person or check this or write this mail. Especially for myself, um, you know, my work is more of f- freelance slash, you know, vendor kind of work, you know, going and doing meditations and giving healings and things like this. So I'm constantly, you know, in this, creating new events for myself so I like to say that I'm kind of building the tracks in front of myself as I'm going so kind of my livelihood depends on my connectivity and kind of being in that space um, but I also really see what it does to my mind and I really see that it, it creates a whole new yeah speed of which my mind is working on in a, in a way that I use the space the, the space of an hour how much I fill that space with. Versus, like I said, when I was out in the forest, you know, I was eight hours just kind of walking and seeing. There's not much to fill the space with. Maybe you're looking at the little tracks of the mouse and then, you know, checking out this really interesting moss or this cool tree. And then, so you kind of see things as you walk, but the perception of space—it's very different. It almost feels like one long, flowy moment when you're in nature. It's just this one kind of unfolding moment. Whereas I feel at the mo- you know—where I am here, it's very much this broken space that I'm on my phone. That I'm doing this. That I'm doing this. and I'm doing this. That it's kind of these rapid-fire new moments, new situations, new impulses, new things. And um, and it's just really easy to get lost in that. Every time I lead a meditation class, I think I actually mentioned this in the first day of this class, that I notice as the classes go on, often the numbers dwindle. And I don't think it's because I'm a bad teacher, it could be, but I really think um, it has to do with the fact that people really just start getting caught up in in life, that there's something to do. There's always kind of this new thing to do. And on the first class, I really tried to give this impulse to prioritize these sittings for yourself, you know. because as much as you know, we come from home to this room, as much as this is an, an event or an activity to do, this space is really for you. If this is actually your time to come back to yourself, to be in touch with yourself, to, to stop, to calm down. And, um, and I just think that that's just so valuable and important. And like I said, I mean, you know, coming back from a few days of that, I see even more how important it is to to do, you know, days of this, of really getting out of your daily life, getting out of your surroundings, getting out of just this environment that we're in, and really just connecting back to something that's much simpler. I really enjoy nature because of that, because we are nature. So when you go in nature, you naturally start to sync up to the speed that you're surrounded by, because that is our speed. And right now, we're just living in a very, it's an artificially created environment. We've created the environment that we live in. So it's not necessarily healthy for us. It's not necessarily beneficial. It's not really necessarily, um, yeah, the best thing for our growth, development, for our, our mental and emotional and physical health and well being. Um, we can even see with some of the foods we eat that a lot of people, you know, profit off of the fact that they're killing us slowly, right? A lot of the way the pharmaceutical industry works as well, right? So um, that the system we're living in doesn't necessarily have our best interests in mind, and and also we're just simply ignorant. You know, they used asbestos in walls and ceilings for a while, and then they realized, oh, that's not good. And you know, there's different things in the water, and even just the way that the spaces that we live in are created, and the colors, and the the angles. They all play off of our minds. They do things to us that we're not so aware of. And again, when you drop back into something like nature or natural space, you, you really connect back to yourself in a deeper way because, again, we are part of that nature. So you're, again, in a, in a natural system, in a natural environment. And there's something in us that recognizes that because that's where we came from. That's what our ancestors lived in for thousands of years. Um, and, um, you know, that's what we still carry with us. I think that's why people have plants in their houses and maybe even why people have pets, you know, to still have animals around. Right? So, as this is, I guess, the last talk of this kind of round of meditations, um, yeah, it really also seems poignant to kind of look at how we want to roll this practice forward into our lives. So next Tuesday I won't be here, right? So, you know, what has this time together brought us and how can you kind of integrate it? Um, One part of that is definitely trying to keep up some kind of meditation practice, If you do join the next class, that's great. But if not, really finding that time for yourself and as valuable as I find meditation, um, you know, I'm not such a hardliner that I'll say meditation is the only answer to life, you know. But really, how else do you want to find that time for yourself? Um, When can you find that time? And really making that a priority to really block out the time that you need Um, So, actually, I was just talking with Shannon and, you know, we're both very busy, we do a lot of work. And I was saying, you know, it would actually be good if we blocked out one night of the week that we could, like, do something together and not just always be busy and kind of slipping in the time where it makes sense. But to really take time like that to prioritize it. Um, And it's really funny because if you look at, you know, if I look at my Google Calendar, I'll often block out, you know, I'm giving a teaching here, I'm giving a meditation there, I'm doing this. I kind of block out all of the work and the appointments and all of this. And then my time, it's kind of little spaces in between. But there's kind of a whole new paradigm that's starting to come in for me anyway. And it said, why not block out time for me as well? Why not just look at my calendar and say, you know, these two hours on... Monday or Tuesday or this half an hour on Thursday night. That's my time. And to hold that as much as you would hold a dinner date with somebody else or you would even hold a business meeting, to really hold that time for yourself and if someone else wants to schedule something or if your family is asking you, like, no, I have an appointment and that appointment's with yourself. But to really hold that to the same kind of integrity and importance as you would um, you know, an appointment with another person. This really, um, I think, is necessary that we really start seriously creating space for ourselves, like being serious about that, really taking it as a priority. Because otherwise, we do just get swept up in the movement of things. And I can say from experience, and it's easy, it's really easy to get swept up in things. And I see for myself also, because I'm so busy, then even when I have free time, I'll almost just look at my phone or do something on the computer, not even if it's necessarily needed, but just because it's easier to keep busy than to relax and actually just be in that space. That One of my friends, he was a monk with me, he said, it's like, you know those cars we had when we were kids, that you kind of rev up and then you let go and they go across the floor? He said he kind of feels like that, that all day long he's like vroom, 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 vroom. So when he stops to meditate, you know, it just kind of keeps going, that we've built up this momentum and then when we actually do try to stop, we just kind of keep going. Um, so it's just really important to... Um, you know, I also play music. Uh, not professionally or anything. So got a guitar for my you know, bar mitzvah, I think, when I was like 13. And, uh, and I taught myself to play piano when I was in the monastery. And something that I thought was really cool about music was that um, that in music, the tones and the rests and the pauses and the silence are both necessary to create music. If there was music without any pauses, without any spaces, it would just be a cacophony. It wouldn't, there'd be no rhythm, there'd be no beat, it would just be, you know. Um, I think it was the musician slash artist, was it John Cage, who started playing more with that, and he made a piece, I don't even remember the name of it, but it was something like 23 minutes and 20 seconds, I forget the name of it exactly, and it was 23 minutes and 20 seconds of silence. There was nothing. It was just a track that was that long, and he said, that's just as relevant as somebody who's playing notes, because that's part of music is also the pause, it's also the rest. I think he also pushed a piano off of a roof and recorded the sound as it crashed to the ground as a song. But it's a whole nother story. Um, but to slowly start realizing that the rests, that the pauses, that the spaces are just as important as the things you fill into the space. Um, I can imagine that there was once a time where we had a lot of space so anything was really cool. Um, my mother told me that when she first had, when she was a kid and she first had a TV, there was only one channel, and all the time on that one channel, there was, like, this kind of, like, strange picture of something. And then there'd be one program that would come on. I don't know if it was, like, the Howdy Doody. Or it was, like, there's like, one show that would come on at some time. And when that show wasn't on, it was just this picture, which was, like, maybe, like a, like, a number in a circle with, like, a little... And the family would gather around and they would just sit there staring at the picture on the screen. There wasn't anything happening, it was just a single image. But it was the only thing on, right? It was the only game in town, so they'd all watch this just image sitting on the screen, you know, because it's something, there's something there. So, you know, if we trace it back long enough, uh, not that long ago, but if we trace it back, there was a time where we had a lot of space, so anything was like, oh, like, that's interesting, like, let's sit and watch that. But we're now at a time where there's so much coming in that we almost now have to start reversing it. And instead of looking for something to watch, we have to start looking for what don't I have to watch anymore? What can I start cutting out? Um, So for myself, it was actually Facebook. So I I now post, like, my events and my talks. I record them and I put them on. But I actually stopped reading through. I said, you know what? As much as it's kind of, it is kind of, important to see like, what's going on in the world and it's a good way to network and I care about a lot of the people on there, I also see for myself that I really need my mental space. And if I get too much into that world, I lose a lot of my own mental space. So I started to see for myself, it's actually more valuable to have space in those moments than to fill it with just stuff, just to fill it. Also, sometimes when I'm driving my car, right, I also just turn off the music and I... Just drive silently. Maybe roll down the window, even if it's cold. But just to hear the air outside. So really, um, moving in the opposite direction. I think there's a whole movement. Also, it's called the slow food movement. You ever hear this? So, because we know about fast food, right? So now there's also restaurants that are slow foods, right? So it goes the other way. Um, I once heard a talk from Jack Cornfield, and he. Um, he, you know, he's from Insight Meditation Society, so it's one of the first meditation centers in America. And, um, he's over here in Barry Mass, and he also moved then to Spirit Rock, which is in California. And he was saying that one of his students, this woman, came in, and she, I think he either wrote him a letter, I think she wrote him a letter, she spoke to him, and she was saying how, um, that there's this beautiful pond around her house, and she would, you know, walk around that pond, and, you know, Sometimes she'd exercise and go around that pond. And she said, You know, there was one day that I, I made it around the pond in two and a half hours. Um, and she said, But you know, that wasn't my best time. That wasn't my best time. She said, My best time around the pond was four hours and 34 minutes. Right? And she was saying that, right, it's not about how quickly you go around it. It was the other way. It's how slowly you can go around it. How she go around that pond and really just be present and be in the space and to start really focusing on being present. When I was in the monastery, I would sometimes walk. And as I would walk, I would just stop and, like, look at the bush and, like, look at the little leaves and the berries and look at the trees and see the bark and kind of go in and look at them. And I stopped saying, I'm going for walks. I said, I'm going for an appreciation. Because it felt like I was just walking out the door, and I was just appreciating everything that I saw. And it was almost just a trip outside just to appreciate the ground, the trees, the sky, just to stay in that real mode of wonder and appreciation and, and beauty and really just connecting to the things around me. Um, And all it really took was just that shift of intention. It was almost because I decided to make it about that, that's what it became. I could have very easily also just gone for a jog and not really noticed anything and just done more kind of performance activities. Um, So in life, I think this is something that we as adults should know but probably don't, is that our life is ours to create. That I think being adult means that we have to be responsible for ourselves. And being responsible for ourselves doesn't only mean financially. It doesn't only mean that you got a good job. It doesn't only mean like familial. Like I'm a good husband or wife or father or mother. You know, It doesn't only mean that I'm, I'm cutting the carbs out of my diet. Now I'm there's a whole other side to taking responsibility for ourselves, and that actually has to do with how happy am I? What is the actual quality of my life? Do I experience joy? Am I inspired? Do I wake up every morning and say, ah, oh, cool, I'm back here again? Great. You know, this whole other side of things that what is my outlook on life? What is my, my everyday, what is the quality of my everyday life? And I think a lot of us, it's just for whatever reason, it's not emphasized in our society for whatever reason, to have a genuine and authentic feeling of happiness. And maybe it's because nobody can profit off of that, right? So Coca-Cola says, yeah, have a Coca-Cola, then you'll be happy. Have a pack of cigarettes, have a beer. Watch this movie. It's the best movie of the year. Do this, go here, do that. You know? But no one's really trying to sell you peace of mind. No one's really trying to sell you this thing that's like, you don't actually need anything. It's not about acquiring more things. It's not about that. It's actually, you know, how can I actually be happy? What do I actually need to be happy? And am I taking that responsibility or not? And I think that's really a very straightforward and probably even like the most simple thing one could ask. Are you happy? Are you happy with your life? And I think it's also the question that's almost never asked. Because if the answer is no, that could be really scary. That could be really difficult. That could leave people feeling really confused, really lost, really helpless. But that's called being honest. And I think honesty, authenticity, integrity this is simply what's missing from our cultures that real deep level of people speaking on a real direct honest and open way about things about life about how they feel what's going on not needing to I used to go to the gym and I'd walk into the gym and be like oh I'm at the gym so I'm in like gym mode and I'm lifting stuff and yeah you know you know I would never go into the gym and kind of run around and being playful and you know I was in that mode you know and then I You know, everywhere I go in a professional setting, in a a business office, and different things, the way people carry themselves are different. There's all these different airs, different ways that you act. But a lot of us never really get to that point where we sit down and we say, but am I, me, am I happy, is this okay for me? Am I actually doing good or not? Um, We listened to a talk from um, this man, his name's Michael Murdad, and he He's a teacher. He lives um, mostly in Sedona, Arizona. He teaches at Unity Church. And um, he gave a really beautiful talk that we actually heard. And he was talking about, I think the word was assemblage. And he was saying that to live the life you want. He said that he looked around his apartment, and he had this like amazing table, and he had these things. And he had he's like, you know what? I don't really make much money, but I assemble things. You know, that I take pieces, piece by piece by piece. And you know, he said he got this really this nice table, but there was something missing, so then they gave him this discount. So it was a table that he couldn't really even afford, but through whatever fluke, he was able to get it for really cheap. And there was other things he just does it in payment plans. And he said that he really created this really beautiful space for himself, this house. And on the outside, it would be something that's above his means, but the way that he did it, he was able to do it by paying in installments and doing it piece by piece. And he was saying that you know, when you look at your life, and you look at where you are now and where you would actually ultimately love to be. He said, it looks like it's so far away that it just feels overwhelming and we feel lost and helpless and disempowered. And so we just bury that. We just don't wanna look at it, we don't wanna feel it. We just say, I'm fine, it doesn't matter. You know, it's a kind of denial slash depression. We just stimulate ourselves. We're a little bit bitter all day long, sarcastic, whatever. We don't really, we turn off emotionally. You know? And he said, but actually if you're really stick with that, and you say, you know, okay, I want to be happy, that's a a legitimate goal of mine, I want to be happy, what does that look like, how do I get there? And then he said, you start going, but he said, it's piece by piece, nobody goes from here to there like that, it's not like as soon as I've decided I want to be happy, you're going to be happy, he's like, no, you have to kind of climb out of it, you have to kind of slowly, like step by step, move from where you are to the place you want to be, but that's possible, that movement is possible, and he said, and maybe it takes a year, maybe it takes five years. You know, that's not the point. But the point is that you're moving in that direction, that you're starting to bring yourself to the place you want to be, to go where you want to go, to slowly make the changes, to slowly get outside more, to slowly start changing your diet, to slowly start setting boundaries in relationships or cutting things off that don't serve you anymore, to slowly start pursuing career that really fulfills you in some way or getting hobbies or friends that you really feel deeply support you and connect to you and hold space for you to really slowly start moving step by step in that direction and every step you make you'll feel more and more inspired and empowered to make the next step to keep going and you build up a new kind of momentum right so it's not anymore this momentum of like distracting yourself but you're building a momentum of really going forward into your dreams it's really what you want and this is possible this is actually very very simple it's very very simple to do it's kind of I got once a fortune cookie you know and it's like no matter how far you've gone in the wrong direction, you can always just turn around and start going back the right direction. So it's never like too late. It's not like anyone's got it harder than anybody else. It's really just about honestly looking at it and then saying, what is like the next step I could make? What are the little steps I could make in the right direction? And to just simply start making those steps and doing it and doing it and doing it until one day you look and you're like, wow, I, I'm there, I'm happy, I feel good. Yeah, and Yeah. You know, one day we are all going to be kind of on our deathbed, right? One day it's going to be the end of this life. And when you look back on your life, how do you want to feel about that? How do you want to feel about yourself? You know, do you want to look back on that and feel that you kind of gave up somewhere in midlife and just stopped? Or do you want to feel that you really went for it? You know, when you go to sleep every night, how do you want to feel about yourself when it's really just you in that dark room and in your own mind? Where do you want to be? And I think that's really, really important and again a really basic thing that we've kind of been trained to overlook, to disregard, to push away. But actually that's really what matters most is what is the quality of our very life, of this really of this existence, of this place. So I really wanted to kind of give you guys that just as a a bit of a support and an encouragement and a a reflection. Just a thing to think about, to look at. And whether that thing or one of those things for you could be meditation to support you and your path to moving forward to a place you want to be. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's gardening. Maybe it's going out dancing. Maybe it's whatever it is. But to really do that. To really start slowly assembling your happiness, and to really take that seriously with top priority, because that's one thing nobody is going to do for you, nobody. So what I usually do also on the last night of my classes um, is I also go around the, the room and I give everybody a little time to share about how their experience was in this class, how it was from the meditate here is there anything you learned anything that you remember anything that's still kind of vibing with you or processing with you this is really great um, both for your own process for you yourself to really reflect on these last five weeks but also sometimes when you share a memory it'll spark somebody else's memory or they'll be like oh yeah that's right so it's also a really nice way to kind of um, yeah just recall the the bits that were actually really helpful and meaningful to us, and kind of pile those all right in the center together. so um, yeah, so I'd actually like to take a little time to do that, just to do a sharing round, right? so I do a lot of talking, but now it's the last class, so it'd be great to hear from you guys, and we can just go around in a circle and just kind of share. So I don't know which way we want to begin. Um, I-